Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. Uh, this is your host, Mike Walters. I'm along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And uh, if you're a Ducks fan, you probably had a rough week. Uh, the Ducks uh, didn't win a game this week. Uh, they only ended up getting one point in the three games. And I uh, went through a little bit of a mini slump. But uh, Eddie and I are here to tell you that everything is going to be okay. We promise everything will be fine. So we're going to go over all the games, uh, get to some other issues around the league, and uh Kind of talk about uh, you know the Ducks and their struggles and and what they're going to do to get better, Eddie. Uh, you know this week was kind of rough. Uh, you know it didn't start out too bad. They they played Washington. It was a tough game. Went to a shootout and they ended up losing that game in a shootout uh, in the last shot. But uh, it ended up not being that bad of a game, Eddie. Yeah, you know I think everybody was happy with the result. I think Washington played uh, a lot better game, especially in the third period. They played really strong, and you know for the Ducks to hang in there against a, such a great team and a, and a, top, a team that's been at, you know top of the league for almost all the season. Uh, I think it was a great effort, and you know it showed their fight and, and their will to, and, and you know the fact that they could you know stick it up there with with some of the best teams. But I mean, you look at then uh, Washington going off and, and losing pretty badly to LA and, and losing badly to San Jose last night. It's it's kind of kind of disappointing that they played us the hardest, and then you see them go off and and lose big against the other two California teams. Yeah, I mean that. I mean it's kind of a double-edged sword because it, it doesn't help us. You know, we were hoping we would take out Washington and maybe they would beat the Kings and the Sharks. So, you know, it didn't work out that way. Um, this game has started out good. I mean, uh, Ryan Getzloff had that blast, uh, you know, one minute even into the game, and uh, you kind of thought things were going to look good. And then, unfortunately, uh, Washington got that early goal in the third period, and, and, you know, we went to the overtime knowing we would get a point. But, uh, you know, in the shootout, that was really the difference. I mean, you have to give it uh, to Hopi. I mean, he really uh, stopped the Ducks, um, you know, in the, during the uh, three periods and in, in the shootout. Uh, even the Silverberg wasn't able to score. It was only uh, – Corey Perry with a nice move to fake him out, but uh, you know we couldn't stop them in the shootout. Uh, Gibson played well uh, in this one uh, too, but just gave up those two uh, shootout uh, attempts. Yeah, I know it was, it was really a goalie duel in this game. Both goalies played amazing. I mean, we've seen Gibson play well all season, and Holtby's you know probably a front runner for the Vesna right now. And I mean, uh, that's the only issue you see with with Silverberg in the shootouts. A lot of times, um, you know, he can beat the goalie. There, there's there's no real uh, I mean, it's not a long book on Silverberg in the shootout. He's going to shoot it, um, and he's going to try and beat you. He has a great shot, great accuracy on the, in, in the shootout. And, I mean, Holtby read him pretty easy there. Uh, he had the glove ready. Just Silverberg shot it right into his glove. Maybe he, he missed his target. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a tough loss. But I think all in all, you know, continuing the point streak, uh, uh, you know, during that point of, of the, the season is good. Yeah, and then the Ducks, you know, they after the game against Washington, they went on the road for you know a short uh, two-game road trip, one against Colorado and one against St. Louis, and they started the game against Colorado not too bad. You know, the opening uh, five to ten minutes, they had chances, they were moving the puck around. Uh, you know, it looked like they might try to break through and get a goal early, and they didn't. Uh, you know, McKinnon ended up getting one, and uh, Colorado kind of turned it on at the end of the first period there, and. Uh, Really, after that, it was kind of it was kind of a frustrating game. I mean, really, Colorado used their speed. Um, they had a lot of odd man rushes in the second period, and unfortunately, uh, it led to two goals in the final three minutes of the period. And the Ducks went down three nothing at, at the end of the second, Eddie, and they just could not recover after that. 
Yeah, and you know this game kind of takes you back to to earlier on in the season where you look at the shots, you look at you know the the stats for the game, and you say, well, well, how did they lose three nothing? How did they not score a goal? And you know part of the credit has to to go to Varlamov who had a great game. But when you actually watch this game, they didn't really control the game. Yeah, they they outshot Colorado uh, thirty seven to twenty six, but. I mean, Colorado controlled this game with their speed, and, and it was creating problems all game for the Ducks. Uh, you know, the Ducks did have some odd man rushes; they couldn't cash in on them. And, and you know, you get a fair amount of them against a, a Colorado team who who likes to forecheck and, and likes to use their speed. And you know, they ended up using it against us, and, and you know, they they contributed to the three goals that they had. Yeah, part of the problem too in this game was Sammy Votnin went down at the end of the first period. If you remember, he had an elbow, which was able to go back and get the video. If you hadn't seen it, you can check it out on the, on the YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash Ducks and Bucks Podcast. It's up on there along with our shows, obviously. But uh, on there, you can see it, and he was gone. So the Ducks had to rotate defensemen, uh, second and third period. And you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for the Ducks, but it, you could tell it. They were a little bit off heading that second period because there was four or five odd man rushes in that period, um, which is uncharacteristic of the Ducks to give up that many in one period. Yeah, and when you anytime you have the double shift defenseman, I mean somebody's going to get tired, and uh, I mean it, it, it kind of shows how, how much of a key uh, even for the offense Vatnin has been this season. We see it in the next game um, that we'll talk about in a bit against St. Louis. Uh, I mean they'd miss him jumping up into the play, and then you know Lindholm does a good job, but then. You know, when Vatnin is out of the lineup, you have to have somebody else doing it, like Manson or BX. And, uh, guys who aren't really used to jumping up in, in the play or, and making a play out of it. And, and, I mean, that's something we've seen from Sammy all season. And, and having, you know, missing that uh, that uh, aspect in, in the Ducks game, um, you know, it ends up creating situations where a guy like Manson has to jump in. And, you know, if he ends up jumping in at the wrong time, uh, you know, it creates an odd man rush going the other way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was it was difficult for the guys to you know get that figured out in the second period. I mean, again, not making excuses, but you know it does throw a wrench in things. And like you said, uh, particularly with you know Vatnin being the two way player, being the quarterback on the power play, uh, being more of that offensive minded player that's going to bring up and carry the play, like you said. And and we saw that on the power play. You know, the the Ducks uh, uh, went zero for three on the power play, so you know that didn't help as well. Uh, you know, because uh, Vatnin wasn't out there for all those power plays. So that was, you know, a, a pain for us to watch and, and see without him out there. And the Ducks not able to score, which was the, this was the same score against uh, Colorado earlier in the season, 3 nothing. So the Ducks are going to get another crack at Colorado one more time this season, and hopefully they'll do better. But uh, Colorado's had the Ducks number, unfortunately, and um, hopefully they turned it around that last game. Um, the Ducks did go to St. Louis to finish up the road trip, and uh, again they they started out this game okay. You know they played uh, better. Uh, Getzloff again getting the the goal uh, just like he did in the Washington game uh, first to to start off the scoring for the Ducks. But uh, after that, it was pretty much all St. Louis. Uh, Eddie, I mean, uh, Stashny tied it up on a nice uh, redirect play, and it was one to one going into the third, which it didn't seem to be too bad at that point. But then you know it just became turnover central. And the third period, and the Ducks could just not recover. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I don't think I've seen so many unassisted goals in one game, but there was four uh, in this game. I mean, Latera in the early part of the third period got, uh, you know, got the the, the Blues in front uh, from Schwartz and, and Tarasenko, and and you know, really up until that point, and, and even throughout most of the game, uh, that line was non-existent. I mean, they uh, get uh, Kessler did a great job of shutting down Tarasenko and Schwartz and Latera. And, and, and it was paying dividends until 
the giveaways uh, in the third period, obviously a giveaway to, to Patrick Berglund right in front. He scores unassisted. Raquel scores. Uh, technically, <laughs> he doesn't score. He gets the goal, but uh, a pass from a Blues defenseman off uh, Stastny's skate into the net, and he scores unassisted. Um, then a Manson giveaway to the wrong guy out in front of the net, Tarasenko, and he scores unassisted as well. And then he gets his second goal on empty net, unassisted, um, at the end of the game. So, I mean, Tarasenko ends up finishing first star, but, I mean, the first star for the game for the Blues was, was the, the Ducks defense and the, and the turnovers that they were giving up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you hate to say it, but, I mean, that's true. That's really what happened in that third period. I mean, the defense really killed it and you had to feel uh, you know somewhat for uh, Anderson because you know he played a good game uh, especially the first two periods and then here you go four goals are scored in the third period and they're really not his fault I mean three of them are the defense's fault the fourth one's an empty netter uh, you know just frustration I mean the Ducks had a chance to get back in it despite the first two like you said Raquel gets accredited for the uh, the other goal which, uh, you know, a poor week. I mean, Getzloff has really the only two goals this whole week for the team, unfortunately. But, I mean, the Ducks still had a chance to come back and at least maybe get tied, get a point, and then, then like you said, they give up another bad turnover. Uh, you know, there was that issue, too, that came up from this was uh, Fowler and, and wearing the uh, the face shield. You know, he wore it all week after he had the um, his nose injured uh, with uh, Tanner Pearson in that game against L.A. Uh, and basically you could tell his passes were, you know, just not there. Um, and it really hurt the team in the third period. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets that face shield off pretty soon, Eddie, because uh, that didn't help. And, and the Ducks also lost Bieksa in this game. I didn't really see the play, but uh, he left in the third period with a lower body injury and um, haven't gotten an update yet on his status. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's a game where you miss a guy like Sammy Vaughn and being able to jump in the play and, and have that extra guy forward. I mean, St. Louis does a great job of, of putting four guys back. They, they push two forwards back with a defenseman. And if you're not having you know a defenseman jumping up in the play uh, on every shift, you're, you're at a disadvantage. And you saw that a lot in this game. The Ducks took a lot of shots from the outside. Um, and we're missing the play of Sammy Vaughn. And, and, you know, with Fowler having the face mask, he said a, a lot of guys, uh, him and Getzlaff both said it feels like uh, somebody's always right on top of you. It feels like somebody's right over your shoulder, and you know you're kind of making the play faster. It leads to making a sloppier play, and you know we didn't really get to see him jump up in the play a lot, and that could be because of the face shield. So, I mean, we all hope Vatnin gets back a, a, as soon as possible. Or maybe they call up a guy like Shea Theodore or, or Brandon Montour, and and have that you know that guy who can pinch up in the in the play and and make some make some things happen. Yeah, I agree with you. And there was a lot of people saying that after Botnan went down and he didn't play the rest of the game against Colorado. He didn't play in the game against St. Louis. A lot of people are talking about Theodore. So, you know, I, I would like to have him be brought back up too. I mean, especially if Botnan's not going to be uh, able to play for some time. I mean, we don't really know. Uh, you know, they just said that he was day-to-day. So uh, I would like him to come up. I don't know if he will. Uh, you know, another guy I'd like to see come up is uh, Wagner too. Uh, wrote an article on that. You can check it out on the hockeywriters.com. I actually just posted it before the show today. Uh, I kind of go into all of that on the offensive side and why they should bring him up um, and help out possibly too uh, during this, uh, you know, these last three games, which, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I know a lot of people are upset and, and frustrated with this week, but um, the, the way I look at it, Eddie, is if I'm going to have a slump, I'd rather have the slump now and get this mini slump out of the way and, you know, fix some things and get things going, uh, going towards the playoffs. I'd rather have it now than come the beginning of April at the end of the season. Yeah, and we said they're not going to win every game, you know, and they're not, this, this 
this win streak isn't going to continue 29 games and go to the end of the season and go, go through the playoffs 16-0 and and win the Stanley Cup. I mean, they're eventually going to lose some games. They're going to have some real rough games like these two. Uh, I, I think the big thing is going back home for the next three games and you know playing playing strong at home, getting a couple wins here, and, and you know getting them back on track. Yeah, and let's talk about that. I mean, th- this week they're going to face the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and Boston. And we're going to see some former Ducks as well. Uh, the New Jersey game is going to be an interesting one. Uh, if you're following the scores, they beat the Kings uh, in overtime, two to one, Saturday night. So the uh, the Ducks are going to get New Jersey. You've got Paul Mary on that team that's just blowing it up um, with 20 plus goals this season. You've got Smith Pelly now on that team as well, Eddie. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I think this one's going to be a hard fought game. Um, but New Jersey doesn't give up a lot of goals. So um, I think like the previous meeting, uh, if you remember the Ducks won, they beat New Jersey 2-1, to one, but it was a low-scoring and, and tight-checking affair. And I, I kind of think that's what we're going to see Monday night. Yeah, I mean, Corey Schneider won't be in this game. He's out for at least another week with uh, an MCL strain, so he won't be in this game, which is a you know a big thing for the Ducks. But uh, Keith Kincaid has been a strong backup for them this season, and, and you know they've adopted the defensive approach to their games. The goals really haven't come all season for them. You know the Ducks did turn it around at one point and pass the the Devils, but the Devils still sit. Uh, 30th in goals for per game, so they've relied a lot on, on Corey Schneider's play and a defensive style of game. Um, so I think it's an advantage. I mean, going up against a backup, it's always an advantage, especially on a team where you get a starter who's going to play 60, 70 games in a, in a season. Um, but, you know, it's not, it's, it's not going to be easy. They're, they're playing, uh, you know, a lot better hockey. It's going to be a, probably a low-scoring affair. Uh, their special teams are pretty good. And like you said, their goals against are, um, per game is in top five in the league. So... It'll be tough, and you got to shut down, you know, first and foremost, Kyle Palmieri, who's going to be their main go-to guy because uh, Camilleri, I believe, is still out of the lineup. I'm not sure if Eliash is back yet, but, you know, two of their, their top guys are out. So, it, it, you know, it, it should be an easier game on paper, but, you know, it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, exactly, man. That's what I told some people about the Colorado game. Some people told me, oh, this is, you know, a slam dunk. And I said, well... You know, anything can happen. So this is a game that uh, it can go either way. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, another tight game, probably a one-goal game. And, you know, it's probably going to continue uh, in the next game, too, against the Rangers. Uh, if you remember, the Ducks uh, played New York, and they went to overtime and ended up losing uh, in that game 3-2. Uh, to two. Uh, So this one is probably going to be a close one, too, Eddie. I mean, you know, the Rangers are... Uh, Almost the same points as the Ducks, and and you know obviously they're behind Washington, which doesn't say much because the entire league is behind Washington. But uh, they're second in that division. They're you know they're going to make the playoffs, and um, it's going to be tough uh, against New York, uh, another team with a solid defense, and they've been playing well as of late too. Yeah, and last night they lost to Detroit in overtime. Lundqvist had 40 saves, and, and they still lost. Um, they've been up and down over the last six games, uh, losing, winning, losing, winning, then losing last night. Um, and they've given up uh, a, a lot of goals as well uh, over that, that stretch. So, you know, I mean, we might be catching them at the right time. Uh, they play today against Pittsburgh. Uh, Lundqvist will get the day off, obviously, because he played last night. And then they don't play again until they play us on Wednesday. So they're going to get a lot of rest. Uh, Lundqvist might start because they do play the Kings uh, on Thursday. So, again, we might see a backup. We might see Lundqvist. It all depends on, on how they're going to play it. But they're going to have a lot of rest, and they're going to be ready to go. 
Yeah, I agree. And I mean, and this one's a late start too. I, I don't understand these late starts, but this one's a 7.30 start. So I guess the New York fans will be watching the game, you know, practically through midnight on this one. I'm not really sure why. It's a 10.30 start here. So Yeah, I, I don't understand why we've had some of these games against the East Coast teams at 7.30. You know, I mean, seven's already late, but just note that that's going to be a late start on Wednesday. And uh, Monday is still a 7 o'clock start. And then Friday against Boston is also going to be a 7 o'clock game. And we're going to see another former Duck, uh, you know, one that uh, maybe some of you like and some of you don't like. I mean, I, I, I've gotten mixed reactions um, that I've seen out there. But uh, Bolesky and the Bruins are going to come to town on Friday. Uh, he's been doing decent this season. You know, he's got 13 goals, not too bad. Um, and he's he was playing on the top line for a little while. Now he's down on the third. Um, but Boston's missing some players, and, and you remember the Ducks blew them out six to two in Boston. So, um, not saying the Ducks will blow them out again, but this is one that uh, you know I would really expect the Ducks to play well and hopefully pull out a win in this game, Eddie. Yeah, I think the only thing that is unfortunate is uh, by not giving up Erickson and actually by bringing in players at the deadline. The Bruins have gotten a lot better. Uh, they've won five of the last seven games uh, in, in March, um, and you know they've they've won a lot of them big, and and the games they have lost have only been by one goal, so they've been a lot better. I mean, picking up Stemniak has really helped. He's done um, excellent since being brought in by the Bruins. Obviously, Erickson has done really well as well. They they got Pasternak back, which is like a another deadline addition for them. He's been playing with Erickson um, and, and has been scoring goals as of late as well. So they're, they're a different team in a way. Um, you know, a better team. They, they've scored a lot of goals all season. Um, they sit third right now in goals per game, just under three goals per game. Um, and, you know, their special teams are, are both in the top ten. So this is going to be, be arguably the, the toughest game of the week. And, you know, luckily maybe, uh, it, you know, it comes at the end of the week. If you can get two big games against the, the Devils and the Rangers, you might be, you know, riding some momentum, uh, you know, into, well, not into Boston, but against Boston. Uh, but they get some time off too. I mean, they don't play till Tuesday against San Jose, and then they have those two days off until they play us on Friday. And again, we're playing. We're in this. We see this situation so many times this year when teams come to Anaheim. They play us on Friday, Kings on Saturday. We might see Tuukka Rask. We might see Jonas Gustafsson. It all depends on, on who decides to start. Who they decide to start on, on the Friday. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, the scheduling kind of favors some of those teams in the back end here. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which goalie goes in for, you know, New York and Boston, as you mentioned. And we're going to, you know, we'll post the updates as the morning skates come and we know who's going to go uh, for which team and which night and everything. Uh, it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, uh, the Kings now are two points ahead of the Ducks with that overtime loss last night. Um, they both have 15 games to go. We still play L.A. one more time. So there's still a chance that the Ducks can win the division. Obviously, the Kings have the tiebreaker. They have more of the uh, regulation or overtime wins uh, by a couple of games. So, uh, you know, if they were to win the same amount of games and end up tied from here on out, um, uh, regulation or overtime games, that is, then they uh, would obviously get that tiebreaker. But there's still a chance, Eddie, that the Ducks can pull this out. They can still win the division. Um, if you listen to the broadcast uh, on the other game against uh, St. Louis, uh, Dan and Steve, I asked them the question about winning the division and how important it is. And, um, you know, they thought it was actually pretty important uh, because they don't think the Ducks uh, will want to play the Kings or the Sharks in the first round. Not that they don't think that they can't beat them, but they're just saying it would be nice to avoid them and, and, you know, play a Colorado or a Minnesota team in the first round. And I think that's kind of what you and I talked about. It was the same thing. We'd rather play one of those wildcard teams uh, not because we don't think the Ducks will win, but you just don't want to play the Sharks or the Kings and go in a seven-game series in the first round and, and you know and get worn out 
uh, you know, even if you win and then you got to, you know, carry it on to the next series. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I still think, though, it, it's tough no matter who you play. I mean, obviously, the, all these teams making the playoffs are going to be good. But, uh, I mean, maybe uh, I, I might be switching my, my tune over to um, – to play in Minnesota. I mean, the two times we've played Colorado this season, we've lost three nothing, and I think Colorado plays such a different style from a lot of teams. Is, is they just fly at you? They just use their speed. They brought in Bodker, so they're even faster now. They have McKinnon, Duchesne, two you know two faster players in the league. They're a really fast team, and uh, and it's difficult to play against them. And the Ducks, their their style doesn't match up well with the Avalanche. And I think playing them in the first round. Uh, you might end up losing the first two games at home, just trying to adapt to their style. I think eventually they they could adapt to it and, and, and you know play well and end up winning the series. But you're going to get tired fast, and, and it's a tough way to start if you you got to go against a an awkward style team. And I, I think you know maybe going out against Minnesota would be a little bit better in the first round. But you know, like you said, you, you don't want to play the Kings or the Sharks in the first round. I, I think we all believe the Ducks could beat them in a seven game series. But you you like to avoid that and maybe play them in the second round after the two Cal- other California teams that have beat each other up. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the best bet for us, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Minnesota, but I, I think the Ducks would do best against Minnesota right now. Like you said, I mean, Colorado's owned us the last two games. Um, the Ducks have played well against uh, you know San Jose and the Kings too. I, I mean, I think they could take them, but like we said, you know, it it could. Um, be you know a long hard fought series. So uh, the bottom line is you know we just got to get in. We're gonna get in. We don't know who it's gonna be. Um, you know you can't really uh, worry about it. But you know that's just kind of uh, what our thoughts are as far as you know the situation now. Obviously we've got three or four weeks to go, and a lot can change in that you know three or four weeks. So we'll just have to see um, what happens. And uh, we've got some fan questions too that we can answer. We'll get to some right now. Um, we had one from. Uh, Alex, that talks about, you know, as, as we're approaching the, the playoffs here, you know, what do the Ducks need to do to get their defense um, back on track? Uh, basically, uh, you know, the lockdown mentality that they had and, and how banged up is the Ducks defense? Um, I, I guess on the banged up part, well, we, we know Votnin's out, um, you know, day-to-day upper body with the uh, the elbow to the face that we talked about. Uh, Bieksa, again, the lower body injury. And uh, as far as I know, Stoner has been okay. His hip flexor hasn't been an issue um, recently, so he's good to go. Though we did see Holzer in that game, so that that's kind of where we are on the health side. Uh, and again, we mentioned Fowler with the visor or the shield that is. So hopefully he gets that off too. So that's kind of where we're at. I, I mean, I, I think the Ducks just need to settle down, Eddie. I, I think they were kind of a victim of circumstance in the uh, Colorado game with Botnan being out, and then obviously the the bad passes and turnovers in the St. Louis game didn't you know do them any hell, uh, favors either. But I, I think if they just get their confidence back, uh, keep the play simple, not try to hurry so many passes, I think they'll get back on track. Um, I, I, I still agree with you. I, I think you know Theodore coming up at Botnan can't go would be the thing to do. Uh, but you know, again, I'm not the, the the GM or the coach, but that's just my suggestion. Um, what are your thoughts, Eddie? Yeah, I, I don't think they're too banged up. I mean, Botnan's day to day. I think we would have heard something if BX was long term and. You know, I, we've got the guys to replace them. And, and, you know, when Fowler, I mean, hopefully he gets his shield off for this next game coming up. Gets left only war for three games. Fowler's third game was against the Blues with the shield on. So, you know, hopefully he gets that off and he can get back to playing his game. You know, Votnin comes back for Monday, maybe Wednesday. You know, that helps the defense out a lot because that gets back to playing. You know, everybody gets to play the style that they're used to playing. 
Um, and then, you know, you've got Stoner in case somebody goes down. Like we said, we've got Theodore. If, uh, if anybody gets hurt long-term to bring him up and, you know, we've seen that he can make an instant impact in the Ducks lineup when he comes up. So I don't think they're banged up long-term. I, I mean, it might be a, a difficult couple of days coming up to, to make sure everybody's ready for Monday or if not Monday, then, then Wednesday. And, and, you know, once you get everybody back, we'll see a lot of, you know, similar style to, to the Ducks defense and, and hopefully they get back to, to winning some games. I agree with you completely, and I and I agree. I think they'll be fine, uh, you know, going forward here. Like you said, they're not too banged up, so they should be good, and they should get back on track. I think, you know, just had a couple bad periods, the second period against Colorado and the third period against the Blues. So it wasn't like the team completely, you know, didn't play well. I mean, I, you know, obviously they could do much better, but they should be good going into uh, Monday's game against New Jersey. Uh, you know, another question, uh, this is kind of a general question I got from some people this week, is about the goalie rotation. Uh, you know, they're going with Gibson two games, they're going with Anderson two games, and uh, some people are just wondering, you know, whether or not that that's productive or if they should stick with one. Uh, you know, this goalie stuff always comes up. What do you think, Eddie? you think that they should keep rotating every two games, um, or do you think that uh, maybe they should start trying to, you know, go with one as the playoffs approach? Well, I, I think up until the last two games had been working, they had both been hot. Anderson hadn't lost a game in I don't know how long. Uh, Gibson had been playing really good hockey as well. And, I mean, he played a really good game in Washington and then had a you know a difficult game in Colorado. So you can go to Freddie against the Blues, and he has a difficult game as well and a lot of turnovers and empty net goals. So, it, you know, it makes the score look a lot worse uh, on his side. But, you know, I, I think they go with him. Um, against the Devils on Monday. I like how it's working. I mean, you, I think they probably continue to do this until a guy gets hot, and then, you you know, you continue and you ride him closer into the playoffs, and I think that's what they're waiting for right now. I mean, they're both playing so well, they're probably waiting for one guy to cool off. Unfortunately, both of them cooled off, so you kind of right. got to keep keep going, rolling with the way you were doing it. I mean, the goalies get used to that rhythm, and then once a guy, you know, starts playing really well and consistently, then, you know, you, you put him into the start maybe three or four in a row. Yeah, I think you just keep rotating them two and two, like you said, and maybe in the final two weeks or so, uh, you know, if they're both doing that, maybe that's the time when Boudreaux decides to, you know, start to go with one more than the other. Um, like you said, it's kind of unfortunate they both kind of had rough patches this last week, so uh, it's still going to be a process in the next couple of games and next couple of weeks actually, and I think they'll go from there. Uh, another question also uh, from Alex, he asks about um, the Ducks making some roster moves, and, and he's curious as, <laughs> it's funny because I just wrote this, he's, he's curious to see if Wagner will come up and Richie will go down, um, and uh, that's something that I just uh, wrote about. If you didn't notice, in the last game that they played against St. Louis, uh, Richie got bumped down to the fourth line, and he only played seven minutes and like 47 seconds. Uh, it was the lowest ice time out of anybody. Everybody else, uh, I believe, had over 10 minutes of ice time at least. So he got bumped down. We've seen him all over the team as far as the lineup. We've seen him, you know, uh, we've seen him with Perry. We've seen him with Getzloff. Uh, we've seen him with, I think, Kessler, too, at one time or another. So he's been all over, and now he's down at the bottom. Um, you know, and Wagner's picked up his game. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, he's had five goals in nine games with the uh, San Diego goals, and he actually uh, had the game winner on Friday night against Bakersfield. So he's really picked it up because that's that's kind of been the you know the one critique on him is you know you all know that he can crush people with his you know his checks. He plays hard. Uh, he goes on the forecheck. We've all seen that, but scoring has kind of been the issue, and uh, he's really picked it up this season. You know, he's had four goals while he was at Colorado. He's now got five with the goals. So, I mean, I would bring him up. I would throw him in the lineup. I mean, he would probably go 
they did bring him, they'd probably throw him on the fourth line. But, you, you know, Eddie, they put Richie with Getzloff. I, I mean, I really wouldn't mind putting Wagner with Getzloff and Perron uh, until uh, Stewart and Parikh can come back. You know, we're still waiting on those guys. Um, there's no timetable on Parikh yet. Um, Stewart is still a few weeks out. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I know it's far-fetched, but hey, if you put Richie with Getzloff, I, I, have, I have no problem with them throwing Wagner up there. Yeah, and, you know, I like how Richie has played on the physical end. I, I like, you know, he, he's getting in front of the net. He's, he's got some good chances. He's hit the post twice. Um, I think he's just missing that confidence that comes with, you know, being a goal scorer in the NHL. And he, I think if once he gets the goal, I think it's going to be a lot easier on him. But there's only so many games you can wait until he gets that goal on, I think. I mean, I think with Wagner playing so well in the AHL right now, um, you know, it's worth a shot. If we bring him up, send Richie down, see how it works out. If it doesn't work out, I mean, by the time that, you know that's all done, period could be ready to come back. Stewart could be ready to go back, and then they're both down there. So you know, it's it's something you could test out right now. Like you said, he'll probably go either fourth or first line, switching with Garbett. Uh, it's something they were doing with Richie, and they kind of play the the similar role. But yeah, I, I don't think it would hurt. I, I think it'd be good for Richie to go down there right now, gain some confidence, score some goals in the AHL, and you know maybe bring him back up close to the playoffs or, or wait till next season. Yeah, I agree, and I, I and I liked uh, Garbutt on the line with Getzloff. You know, I thought that was an interesting move by Boudreau too uh, to throw him up there. I mean, he goes to the net and uses his speed too. Uh, that's another good move. So, I mean, they could keep Garbutt on the top line and, and maybe have a fourth line of Wagner, Thompson, Santarelli, and uh, Horkoff, you know, have the, those four guys uh, kind of rotating in on that line. So that's another option, too. So there's plenty of things that they can do. The good thing is the Ducks have the depth now. Um, like we said, they're going to get back those other two key players, too. Um, so it's in terms of actually uh, really on the offense and the defense, Eddie, the Ducks do have plenty of depth here going into the playoffs. <laughs> Well, yeah, and Horkoff is uh, able to play now as well, which creates some issues on the fourth line, seeing if they're actually going to play him or not. But, you know, he'll, he's ready to go. And like you said, bringing Peary and Stewart back in the lineup, you'll have a lot more guys with NHL experience coming into the lineup. And, and you know, it makes them a lot better. I mean, they're already a good team right now. They're, they were playing good hockey. I mean, a couple bad games in a row, but I think they'll get back on track. And, and bringing those guys in the lineup is going to help for, for a late playoff push. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Ducks are going to get out of this little mini slump, and you're going to see them this week. They're going to do better, and I, I think really that they're going to win at least two of these three games, uh, hopefully, and uh, you know turn it around uh, coming up the next couple of weeks here. Um, we'll get to some other news around the NHL, too, as well. Uh, I, I guess the big thing that kind of came out this week, uh, uh, talked about this, was Tamu Solani's comments about the uh, the doping in the sports world. Um, you know, it's been all over the place. We we saw the uh, the tennis star uh, Sharapova come out with uh, being tested for a positive substance. Uh, we know about our own Horkoff having the issue, um, and we've seen other players as well in the NHL that have had these issues. And Tamu comes out on his uh, he has a blog now. Uh, if you don't know, it's on Solani.com. You can go check it out. Uh, we linked it on one of our articles where we did a poll question. And uh, he talked about the doping news, and, and here's just a brief quote of what he said. We'll talk about the poll question, and we'll kind of give our opinions on this. But uh, he said that recent doping news has been depressing. Uh, when the athletes testing positive are big names and have used the same drug, which was banned a couple months ago. Every failed doping test has been taken seriously, and it should be remembered that it's an athlete's uh, responsibility for everything they eat, drink, or inject in their bodies. Blaming others and claiming ignorance doesn't help. And um, he goes on to say that you know that players should be banned uh, for life from the sport. And we basically ran a poll question to see what you guys thought, uh, whether or not you thought they should be banned for life or, or some other alternate, 
um, choice, and it looked like in our poll that almost 50% of you felt that the player should be banned, but only for a certain amount of games. Uh, you didn't believe in the lifetime ban uh, overall. Uh, another quarter of you did believe in the lifetime ban, and then another quarter thought if um, PEDs were being used uh, solely for recovery purposes, then they should be okay. So kind of a split, Eddie, on our poll question um, all over the place there. I mean, obviously the majority felt a ban, but but for a, a certain amount of games, which is where I feel, that's that's what I feel is the right choice. But what do you think about Tamu's comments and, and you know, all the stuff? We've seen it in baseball, We you know, Lance Armstrong with the cycling. We've seen it all over the place. So what are your thoughts? Well, first thing I thought was Timu has a blog, but uh, <laughs> I mean, continuing from there, I mean, uh, it, it's been a lot of news coming out, not just in the NHL, but in the sports world uh, with, you know, high level athletes and, and I mean, some lower level ones as well using drugs and using ones that had just been banned months ago and claiming ignorance. I mean, Maria Sharapova is one of the biggest ones. Um, a drug that just got banned a couple months ago she'd been using for most of her career. Um, and then some claimed ignorance that she didn't know that it uh, had become banned and and she took responsibility for it and and you know a couple of UFC fighters I I can't remember their names but one was over 50 and the other was just over 40 so they'll, uh, you know on the older end uh, we saw it in the NHL with Horkov this year and you know um, as well as Jared Tenorti the a recent one about three days ago now um, and you know a lot of times you see it with older athletes for recovery like a lot of people are saying or or to just you know keep up with the play of the younger uh, younger players but I think the troubling one is seeing you know a player as young as Jared Tenorti get a 20 game suspension for, for using performance enhancing drugs. And you know, that, that, that's a, a scary thing seeing the way, you know, a lot of younger players coming in now to, to try and, you know, get an edge and, and use it. And, and, you know, I, I do think the long, the lifetime ban, you know, creates issues. The NHL will never do it because yeah, I, I'm sure they're okay giving, you know, a fourth liner or, or you know, Sean Horkoff or Jared Tenorti, you know, guys who, who aren't big names in the NHL? I'm sure they're okay in a way of giving those guys a lifetime ban. It doesn't really affect them that much, and you know maybe it gets their point across. But the issue is there is you get say Horkoff gets a lifetime ban this season, and the next season you know Sidney Crosby or, or Steven Stamkos is, is test positive. I don't think there's any way, no matter what, that they ban those guys life term, uh, lifetime uh, from from the NHL. I, I mean, no matter what they've done previously, and then that creates an issue is. You can't be consistent with that. You can't just ban a fourth line. You can't not ban a guy because of his name. The NHL does not want to get in a situation like that, and, and that's the situation that, the, that it could possibly create. So I, I think they stay away from that. But I, I like what they're doing right now. I think a 20-game suspension is long enough that it deters some players. If you still see next year or years from now that it's still happening on a regular basis, you up it. You have maybe 20, uh, 30, 40, 50 a season. But I don't think you ever get to the point where it's a lifetime ban. I think that's just too risky for the NHL, and I don't think it's something they want to pursue. Yeah, I mean, the only time I could maybe see it, Eddie, is if someone's done it maybe three or four times. Maybe at that point you go, look, you know, you're not learning your lesson. You're, you're still trying to cheat the system, so to speak. And maybe at that point, um, you know, I agree with you. I think maybe you do do an increase. Maybe you do 20 games, and then it's, uh, you know, 30 or 40, and then maybe it is a whole season. And, and then after that, uh, I would say if they do it again, then maybe a lifetime ban. Maybe, you know, maybe a uh, incremental process. Um, you know, might be the way to do it. Um, you know, because like you said, it, it's going to create a problem if you're going to do a lifetime ban. And then, like you said, there's disparity between the players. I mean, it, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We know that there's superstar players that are worth more to this sport than other ones. And not just this sport; it's all sports. I mean, you can talk our heads off about that. I mean, and we've also seen players involved in other things this season 
and not get suspended. And they've been in criminal investigations. And I'm not talking about just Kane. There's also Evander Kane, who was also in a, a sexual assault uh, deal that he had going on. And there's a few other NHLers out there, too, that have had this. And they weren't even suspended. Uh, you know, so, you know, this big issue of the PEDS, and then we're not even looking at some of these other issues. So I, I think the best thing is to do the, the suspension um, and, and increase it as the, you know, offenses uh, carry on, Eddie. Yeah, and, and I, I think, uh, you know, that that's definitely the way to go. And like you said, if they do it another time, I mean, let's say Horkoff gets caught. I mean, I'm not picking on Horkoff here, but uh, just because it's an easy example for us to, to refer to. But if he gets caught next year, I think then it's fair to say, yeah, okay, you're banned for life from the sport because he's done it again. Uh, and I mean, there's only, I mean, you can't ban him for life instantly. I know Timo mentioned you, you can't really claim ignorance. It doesn't help. Um, but there's going to be a time where a guy actually doesn't know. I mean, it really, it is the athlete's responsibility to know what they're taking and if it's a banned substance and if they're allowed to take it. But there's got to be a, a one time, maybe one out of a hundred, where, where a guy doesn't really know. And if you ban him for life, I mean, is that really fair? So I think definitely having you know a, a two-time thing. So you ban him instantly for 20 games. Like you said, it incremental increases if it, if it gets worse. Like say this doesn't, 20-game suspension doesn't help curb people from using PEDs, maybe up to 30 or 40. Um, and then if he does it again, then yeah, I think it's fair to, to ban a guy from for life from the sport if he if he continues to to use uh, you know PEDs. Yeah, and I mean this is going to be a problem that you know it's it's going to be around everywhere. I mean this isn't just something that's affecting hockey. I mean as we mentioned, you've seen this in all the other sports. We've seen it. You know, I mean you look at the cycling thing and you look at Lance Armstrong. I mean he was the the target of the media in there. And I'm not, not defending him because, I mean, he did what he did and, you know, he ended up going on Oprah and all that. And we all watched that long ordeal. But the thing is, is uh, a lot of people in that sport were doing it. So they picked him because he was the biggest names, you know. So uh, that's what's going to be interesting, too, because if a, a big name player has it happen, you know, a Lance Armstrong type, you know, Patrick Kane, a Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, um, something like that, uh, you know, Kopitar, I don't know, any one of those kind of players. It'd be really interesting to see the reaction um, because, you know, I'm sure there's other players that have done it. I mean, it's just, it's the nature of the sport. So it's going to be something that uh, they're going to have to deal with. But I agree with you. I think the way the league's handling it now is appropriate. And, you know, they do do the testing throughout the season. And I think that's just the only way you're going to be able to do it, to keep everybody honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, the only thing that's troubling right now for me is, I mean, we've seen it in, in almost every sport. It's usually the older guys or, or girls who are having trouble recovering. I mean, you look at the recent ones, Horkoff, Sharapova, the two UFC fighters are, are you know, in, in the elder ages of their careers. They're, you know, they're looking to stay, stay ahead, keep up with some of the younger guys. I, I think... The, the the issue is seeing a guy like Jared Tenorti, like I said, I mean, he's not an old guy. He's in his early 20s. He, you know, I mean, it, seeing a guy like that get banned for taking PEDs is, 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 you know, a step in the wrong direction. We don't want to see younger guys come in, in, in the league and, and, you know, having to turn to, to taking performance-enhancing drugs to, to keep up with, with the competition. So I think that's something that the league needs to focus on right now. I, I think, you know, banning them for 20 games to, is a big deal for players who have established contacts, uh, contracts, sorry, but it might not be as big of an issue for a guy just coming into the league who's not making a ton of money. He loses maybe a hundred K, which I mean, is still a lot of money, but uh, I mean, that's something that they're definitely going to have to keep their eye on. 
Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, we'll shift gears here and go into some more, uh, maybe less controversial, more positive news. <laughs> uh, we uh, saw uh, this weekend Yarmir Yager played in his 16-15 career game, uh, tying uh, Larry Murphy, uh, eighth place in the NHL. And uh, I mentioned this on uh, Facebook. Uh, you know, he's one of the guys that I looked to back uh, before the Ducks were around. Uh, you know, I followed uh, Yager and uh, Lemieux back when they played with the Penguins. And uh, some of you know that's kind of my second uh, team or other team. You know, obviously the Ducks are my number one team. But that's the other team I um, had uh, watched before the Ducks even existed. So, that, I mean, that's amazing. And t- talking about Peds and all that stuff, I'm, I'm hoping he's not using it, Eddie. But, uh, you know, he's been around for a long time. And what an amazing career for uh, Yarmer Yager. Yeah, I'm sure they're testing him like crazy now. A guy who's 44 <laughs> scoring over 50 points in the NHL. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'd i be surprised if he was. I mean, he's just that type of athlete. He's, he's a really you know competitive guy. He keeps in good shape. Uh, I mean, the fact that he can score 50, over 50 points at, at age 44 is just amazing. But, I mean, probably Solani's looking at him like saying, why couldn't I do that? But... Yeah, I mean, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, Yager is going to go down as one of the top 20 players in the league. I mean, obviously sitting third at all-time in points right now, it's hard to, you know, say he's better than, than anybody up there. It's really hard to compare, guys. I mean, Gordy Howe missed eight seasons. you got to remember that, too. And, and Yager missed three. Um, and it's really hard just to say, okay, because you have this many points, you're ranked that high in NHL history. you got to take into account points per game and, you know, all these things, how many seasons they missed, and it's tough. But I definitely think he's worthy of being, you know, top 20 all time. There's a lot of great players in history, and the fact that he's still playing is just so many generations have watched Yager play. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going all the way back to 1990 when he started with Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just crazy to see him still, uh, you know, out there, like you said, wheeling and dealing on the ice. Um, so that's going to be good to see for uh, Florida too. You know, they're they're streaking like we said uh, in the playoffs. They're they're doing well too, and they're going to make some noise in the Eastern Conference as well. Um, some other uh, news coming up uh, for the website and the blog in general. Uh, we're going to have another watch party uh, coming up on March twentieth. Um, it's a Sunday. It's against uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I believe the start is at uh, twelve or one o'clock. It's kind of an early start, but we'll be there. Uh, again, we had an awesome crowd for the one against the uh, the Kings. If you were there, it was standing room only. Uh, everybody was getting loud and crazy. It was a really good time. We had people in the bar area too hanging out because we had we had so much overflow. So that was a really good time. So we're going to have that uh, one coming up. We we don't have any planned after that, but uh, obviously with the playoffs and and whatnot, uh, I'm sure we'll have some more over there at El Ranchito and Orange. Um, so be sure to join us on the 20th. Uh, it'll be a good time. Um, you know, it'll be kind of like a Sunday brunch type deal, I guess, but uh, it'll be fun, and uh, hopefully the Ducks will win that day. It'll be a good game. Um, the other news that we had, too, is, uh, you know, officially uh, came out that we're part of the Puck Network now. We have the uh, the website up there. Um, had another uh, company uh, that believed in us, basically, Eddie. I, I guess we kind of know what we're talking about, but uh, we um, got a, an investor, basically, and they're uh, doing a website that covers the entire league now. Uh, we've got some people that have, are covering the Penguins uh, under the, the Pins and Pucks uh, blog. We've also got some people covering Columbus under the Blue Jackets Army. Uh, we've also got uh, Denver Abs covering the Colorado Avalanche as well. So we've got some other sites up, uh, blogs and social media covering some of the other teams through the Puck Network. And uh, there's plenty of openings too. Uh, we're looking to uh, to build up everything. Uh, you know, Ducks and Pucks has done so well that uh, they want to try to you know basically copy what we do. Uh, and make it for all the other teams so that's what's going on you know you can go check it out go on the puck network.com 
there's a join our team button. You hit that and you can apply. There's all kinds of stuff open, um, writers, editors, uh, social media as well. And they're offering internships too to help you out with your school credits. So it's something to check out, you know, if, if, uh, even if you're just a Ducks fan, you're listening, but uh, you, you know somebody that's a fan of another team as well, uh, you know, just spread the word and uh, tell them that there's opportunities out there. And uh, we actually recently had one of our writers, Eddie, um, if you remember Alex, he, he left a Ducks and Pucks and he ended up just getting a job recently, um, you know, had a referral for him out to the new company. So I'm happy for him. So that's another uh, thing that uh, to look forward to is if you uh, apply and do some of these positions that can, you know, lead on to something else, maybe in another uh, career as well. So check that out, and uh, we'll be getting that uh, going more on the website. There'll be more posts up on there. There'll be more links and whatnot, and uh, more news coming, you know, NHL worldwide, hockey too as well. So we'll be covering everything on there. Uh, the last thing too, we're going to give away some tickets. It's a fan appreciation night. Uh, you listen to this show, uh, if you remember, we, we did it before where we give out keywords and, and basically you listen to each, um, show and they'll, uh, have a phrase that the words make and you email that to us and that's your entry. So what'll happen is, is this show and the next three, uh, actually the next two, uh, shows there'll be a word that I give out and that'll make up the phrase. Um, when we're done, you just email it to us and we'll pick one of the lucky ones. Um, obviously the phrase isn't complex. It's not like a big secret. It would just try to get people to watch the show and, uh, get excited about the ducks. But, uh, the word this week is going to be Stanley. Um, and then we'll have a couple other words and then we'll let you know what, what it's going to be. And we'll have two tickets, 400 level beside the ducks attack twice, uh, on fan appreciation night, which if you haven't gone, is, is a lot of fun. The Ducks give away a lot of stuff. So not only can you get free tickets, but you can maybe win some other stuff at the game as well. And um, that's it for the show this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Eddie and I will be back next week, hopefully with some better news, and the Ducks uh, start winning some of those games, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. I mean, having these next three games at home is going to be huge, and, and we need to see them get back on track here. I mean, uh, hopefully the slump isn't a long one and we, you know, the important games to pick up at home, they've been good at home all season and you know, it's going to be a, a tough battle, but I, I think you know, realistically they could win two or three here definitely, and we'll see you next week let's go Ducks